Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, this is a vital time to bolster our immune defenses. I've received countless requests for a specific list of supplements that I recommend to support immune health. That's why I've created the Intelligent Medicine Immune Support Protocol, my supplement recommendations offering the greatest boost for your immune system when it's needed most. Best medicine is preventive medicine. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com for more information. drhoffmanstore.com In addition to the immune support protocol, you'll find easy-to-follow links for our supplement starter kit, heart health protocol, and much more. These protocols are an easy way for you to get the exact combination of targeted supplements you need to help you follow the intelligent medicine lifestyle. The same supplements I take for myself and prescribe for my patients. And for a limited time, you'll get free priority shipping on all of your store orders. For more details, just go to drhoffmanstore.com. That's drhoffmanstore.com. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. It's an opportunity for you to pose your questions to us. All you have to do is email your questions to radioprogram at AOL.com, and we will endeavor to answer them to the best of our ability, radioprogram at AOL.com. How are you doing, Layla? Okay, Dr. Hoffman, how are you? Good. You know, sort of progressing through uh, spring here with, yeah. uh, you know, like it's it's like a little uh, bipolar. The weather is bipolar. It's like one <laughs> spring day. Spring has sprung. Yeah, one day is like and then it beautiful, warm, you know, walk around in a t-shirt. And the next day is like cold, uh-huh. windy, rainy. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, but April showers bring me flowers, right? Yeah, well, lots Maybe of flowers. Been doing a lot of flower gazing. Mm-hmm. Lots of uh, forest bathing, you know, trying to... Shinrin-yoku, yes. Is that what... There's a yes, name for that. Yes, Japanese. Yeah. Yes. yeah, with beneficial health effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to our questions... Yes. Uh, there is a dispatch from the front lines. Synthetic food dyes affect children's behavior, the state of California says. Now, this is a, an official report... Uh, California's Office of Environmental Health Hazards Assessment released a groundbreaking peer-reviewed report concluding that synthetic food dyes negatively affect children's behavior. Now, remember how controversial that uh, whole notion was. They yes. talked about the fine gold diet. The fine gold diet, yeah. Way back when, and it was like, oh, that's crazy. Like, what kids eat affects their behavior. Um, yeah, it's just all these... Just color lakes and go things. to a Halloween party, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like right. It's like nah, the, the, the food dyes don't affect children's behavior. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, it turns out that the research now um, supports that. Uh, there's a report called "Seeing Red," mm. uh, which uh, highlights the strong evidence that dyes negatively impact behavior in children. Mm-hmm. Synthetic food dyes include numbered coloring, such as red number 40. How often do you see that in foods? Red number three, yellow yeah. number five, yellow number six, blue number one, blue two, and green three. You know, these are really uh, chemicals. And they right. Have, uh, That's even in a jar of pickles. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you... Not just candy. Why do you have to make it's a It's in a pickle, jar of pickles. A pickle more it's green. It's neon. Put that back. Oh, that's right. Don't eat that pickle. Exactly. They're yeah, so it's green. it's neon. <laughs> and it tastes awful, by the way. It's, it's like those Gatorade colors. Oh, my I goodness. Saw, I saw this kid in front of me. And, you know, first of all, 
uh, this kid, you know, I think he was like uh, a teenager, but he looked like he was he was huge. He looked like a like an NFL football lineman, but he wow. looked a little pudgy. Uh-huh. And he was running me in line, and in his cart were like uh, twelve packs of Gatorade, like oh. blue and orange. And, and bright green. And the chips. And the and chips. evidently, this was like for a party or something like that. And there was no food. There was no real food. It was chips and Gatorade. Yeah. You know? And oh, it was my like, goodness. And I know I'm pushing up like, in my cart, you know, with like mushrooms and uh-huh. broccoli rub. Oh, and the kid at the counter, the, there's they have a young kid, you know, the high school kids who yeah. have a part-time job. And I, I got some scallions. And he held, holds it up. And he says, what's this? Yes. He didn't know what he didn't know what scallions were. That happened to me with are you ready? <laughs> celery. Celery. Are you kidding? Oh my celery? Oh my goodness. Everybody's gotta go you gotta know celery. Yeah. Scally- I mean, yeah. We're not talking rutabaga no. here. You know? no, no. I've had it happen with rutabaga. Right, right. It's, it's like what is that? What is that? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like or this- celeriac. What is celery that? Act, celery right. act. It's like what the is celery that? knob exactly. things, right? That thing, yeah, the big which one. is good in chicken soup, by the way. Right. So anyway, so th- in this research, um, the report also included that the FDA's, quote, safe levels ah. or acceptable daily intakes are not adequate to protect children. No. Uh, according to the report, these levels are based on decades-old studies incapable of detecting the kinds of behavioral mm-hmm. effects measured in later studies. Um, so, you know... Uh, there's also an interesting book uh, with a great title of many years back, and I forget the name of the author. Uh, it was called uh, something to the effect of uh, Mind Benders. Okay. And it was about the effects of, cho- of uh, foods on children's yes. uh, behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Landmark book. In Europe, instead of using F and D red number 40, they're using language. carotene. F and D. <laughs> They're using carotene, like oh, from yeah. beta carotene. Yeah, right. That's like where to use it from. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of these other color lakes right. and things like that. They, 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 so this is a detriment. natural colors mm-hmm. that are you know present. So uh, anyway, there you have it. That's yeah. the latest. Uh, you can, you know we'll talk about it on our weekend program, greater depth. Yes. Um, let's get to questions. Let's get to questions. All right, Doctor Hoffman. This this is a big one that's coming now lately since. Uh, the vaccine is out and available to most. You've got a question here from Ginger and from Patrick and from Judy. So have, have you taken... Popular theme. Top popular theme. Theme. Have you taken the COVID-19 vaccine or are you planning to take it or are you waiting? And did you get the vaccine and which one? And I heard you mention on your podcast that you've not taken the vaccine yet. And I'm wondering your thoughts on who should and shouldn't take it. Okay. And I'll get on to her question so, a little bit. So, you know, I could have ignored those questions. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going I'm to, you know. It's fr- private medical information. I'm going to front this on. Okay. Is that, um, you know, I could choose to divulge my status, whether vaccinated or yes. not vaccinated. As have many people in the medical field. Many yes. medical, you know, they've taken pictures, they've shown they want to be public health authorities yeah. and demonstrate the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. And they're putting their bodies on the line to demonstrate that. Yeah. Many health. Then there are other people who are in the, shall we call them vaccine hesitant community or vaccine skeptic community, mm-hmm. um, who are saying, I'm not taking the vaccine or yeah. I'm, there's an intermediate position, which is I'm waiting. Yes. I'm waiting to take the vaccine. But I 
Number one, it is, you know, uh, you know, we could just as well ask, you know, am I wearing jockeys or briefs? You know, it, it, it's personal it's medical TMI. information. <laughs> yes. It's personal medical information, <laughs> you know, that I'm a little reluctant to share. And yes. also, I don't want to give a misimpression because what's good for the goose isn't necessarily good for the gander. Yeah. So what I do, you know, I mean, it, it may have a material impact on what you do, but really, I think it's an individual decision. Yes. There are definite benefits to the vaccine mm -hmm. and there are some risks and the risks and benefits are yet to be fully realized. Yes. Uh, so, you know, when I, and I do individual consultations with the patients, some patients I say, you I think you really should take the vaccine given your circumstances. Yes. You're out and about, you want to trap, you want to see your grandchildren in Florida. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you, you go to a job daily where you, now your office is opening up again and you're going back in mm -hmm. or, you know, you're 78 years old and you have hypertension and diabetes. And, you know, these are some people right. who probably really, in spite of, even if there are risks, they have the potential to have maybe disastrous outcomes if they have COVID. Yes. So they really should take the vaccine. Then there are people who say, you know, I, I'm, I think I'll wait because I'm not going out and about very mm -hmm. much. I'm an introvert. I stay home. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have a lot of contacts. I'm doing everything on Zoom. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I go into the shopping, uh, you know, I go to the supermarket uh, with a mask on yeah. every you know day and I'm very careful about my, you know, like maybe, and those people don't have such high risks. They're not like extremely vulnerable. They, they may be reasonable in waiting a little longer sure. to find out you know, which of the vaccines wins the vaccine sweepstakes. I and mean, we saw some things happen with the AstraZeneca vaccine and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I'm not saying right. that compromises the vaccine uh, effort. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. There may be some side effects associated with the other RNA vaccines, the Moderna and the Pfizer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm going to demur, you know, and I'm not going to make it like, a, I mean, the, I think it's kind of ridiculous when you have like celebrities mm -hmm. showing like, I took the vaccine. Yeah. Well, big whoop. I mean, it's like. I don't care that. Yeah. I mean, celebrities <laughs> opine on all kinds. I don't kinds care of, about celebrities. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah. opine on all kinds of stupid sure. things. Exactly. Like what. And you shouldn't get your diet advice from celebrities either. Right. Thank you. And it's like, and yeah. I, I mean, I can appreciate this. Sometimes they're, they're tour de force uh, performances in movies. Absolutely. But then when they talk about things other than what is directly related to their professional attributes, yes. they, they, they're absolutely brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So what, what good is it, you know, to, uh, to get out? I mean, I don't see a lot of pluses in me doing this because on the one hand, if I say, oh, wow, I haven't taken the vaccine, uh, I mean, I'm going to get a lot of blowback from people saying, well, you're a physician, you know, you're uh, an influencer, you should get behind the vaccine effort. Okay. On the other hand, I, you know, if I come out and say, well, I've taken the vaccine and I'm, I'm protected now and I urge everybody to take the vaccine, I'm going to get a lot of blowback from the community of people who I respect who have concerns it, about the vaccine. Right. Now, we can't make that statement of, I got the vaccine and I'm fully protected because we don't know that yet. Yeah. It's not gone through phase three clinical trials and it's still under emergency use. Right. I think these are valid concerns for the skeptics. Not an, I'm not talking about anti-vax people. people. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I am right. not. Right. I want my polio shot. You know, I want all that. I have to say, but, you know, the only reasonable position to take yes. about vaccines is to weigh the risks and the benefits. Yes. And and the risks may be minuscule mm -hmm. and the benefits may be huge. Right. Or conversely, the risks may be worse than we expect. Yeah. And the benefits may be 
less than we expect, but it's it's a moving picture. And yeah. I try to, you know, I'm going to report on this. I'm yeah. going to keep talking about it as the findings come in, mm-hmm. not to bias you one way or the other, because it's a personal choice. I respect your choice yes. in life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, there, there, there are a few unequivocally bad choices in life, mm-hmm. uh, some of which include, you know, smoking, uh, yes. excess alcohol intake, yeah. you yeah. know, consuming, uh, you know, addictive uh, narcotic drugs, sure. uh, consuming lots and lots of ultra-processed foods, mm-hmm. uh, leading a sedentary lifestyle. I think I can, Not pretty, getting any una- sleep. I can yeah. pretty unequivocally, uh, you know, uh, urge people to avoid those behaviors. Right, you know? right. But uh, Take good care of yourself. Yeah. But it's, it's it, more important than ever before. Right. So, so I'm going to demur mm-hmm. and close the door on that line of inquiry. But, you know, I'd be happy... And, and they do this in a detailed way. Whatever, I mean, I, I, I saw a patient today uh, mm-hmm. who has uh, a variety of medical conditions. Mm-hmm. And then we discussed the vaccine and we went through a, a detailed analysis of, you know, the pros and cons of the vaccine. And then yes. I leave it to that person to use that information to yeah. make an informed choice about whether to take the vaccine. Right, 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 right. Now, Judy has more about uh, the vaccine She's 62 years old, healthy, taking most of the supplements you recommend for COVID, Dr. Hoffman. Judy says, my son and daughter-in-law took the J&J vaccine. My daughter is pregnant and is not planning on taking it. My thoughts were that I don't want to take it, but I'm concerned my son will be socializing with his vaccinated friends and COVID may get passed to me unintentionally. Currently, I do not socialize unless it's outdoors. Help. Well... Here's the other thing, the vaccinated and the, the unvaccinated within, within our families and our social circle and how to deal with all well, of this. Can it's you like, break, can you, that sounds a little complicated. Can yeah. you break it down for me a little bit? Because right. she's not going to get it. Uh, she She's wondering your thoughts on who should and shouldn't take it. She hasn't, she hasn't mentioned that she took the vaccine. She's a healthy 62-year-old. She's worried about getting it from her vaccinated yes. kids? Yes, yes. Well, yes. that's, that's, I think that's unlikely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there's there's not uh, firm proof, and we don't know yet, and there's actually uh, clinical trials underway to see whether vaccinated people can pass the, right. you know, they can, whether they can harbor it. Yes. Whether they can be, in effect, silent spreaders. She's, she's also concerned about her vaccinated son socializing with his unvaccinated friends and bringing the unvaccinated co- from the friends right. to the so, mother. So, you know, I think that's a, a less likely uh, yeah. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we can't say authoritatively because as I, you know, True. As, as I mentioned in previous podcasts, there is a study underway of college students and half of them will be vaccinated and half of them will be unvaccinated. Right. We know that college students have a lot of contact and they're going to be, they're going to get PCR every day so that if they pick it up, whether the vaccinated ones or the unvaccinated ones, wow. we'll see. But yeah. then if yeah. they do test positive, this mm-hmm. is the ingenious part of the study, they're going to test all their contacts. They're going to see if they transmitted it because merely having a positive PCR nasal swab does not mean that you transmitted it. Yes. So that's, and unfortunately, they, it, it's going to take four or five months to, for us to see the results. True. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting, all of that. Okay, Okay. what's next? Let's see here. We've got one from Linda. 
Hi, Do- Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I'm almost 40 years old, and I'd like to establish a fun, well-rounded physical activity routine while I still can. While How old? Still- 40. She's just a baby. Oh Linda, you're just a baby. Oh, you know, that's I did, so great. I did my first uh, triathlon, <laughs> Olympic distance triathlon, uh-huh. when I was 39. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, I was 38 when I did my first Olympic distance triathlon. And then I did the marathon when I was, my first marathon when I was 39. Yeah. Wonderful. So it, it, it ain't too late. No, and then subsequently, it's not too I've done, late. I've done tons of those activities. Yeah. So Linda says, I have 20 or 30 pounds to lose. And while I know how important that is, I'm much more interested in gaining power and strength and flexibility. Mm-hmm. That's a great mindset, Linda. Yeah, that's great. Don't make it all about the weight loss. Yeah, make it about yeah. make it about feeling good and looking, you know, all of that. Side note, I prepare 100% of my meals, autoimmune paleo protocol. Mm. Drink 10 plus cups of filtered water. Sleep is tricky as thoughts race through my mind, either keep me from falling asleep, staying asleep. How much cardio versus flexibility, <laughs> mobility versus weight training are required? At least one break in between okay to engage in light exercise or more in between on intense days? I'm sure this varies from person to person. It really but does. just looking yeah. for a guide, especially since I have autoimmune Hashimoto's thyroiditis uh, okay. and other concerns I don't want to worsen. Right. If she's carrying extra poundage like 20 or 30 pounds. Which is pro-inflammatory. We don't want to, yeah. Right. We don't want to upset her knees yeah. and her hips by a lot of pounding. Yes. Either. I, I would not recommend then. like, you know, super long distance running or yeah. something. Because uh, you're, you know, just disadvantaged until you lose the weight. I mean, yeah. uh, one of my favorite uh, interviews is with uh, Sue Reynolds, who is a woman who, I don't know, I guess, I guess she got to about 58 or 59. Maybe she was 60. At, at 300 plus pounds, mm-hmm. and she decided, this is nuts, I'm going to turn this around. So she decided wow. to start walking. She walked like to the mailbox, and then she walked a little further and walked a little more. And then she said, well, I think I'll start uh, doing a little jogging. You know, she jogged a little, walked a little, jogged. And she said, you know, there are people doing this triathlon thing. That sounds good, because I could swim a little bit, and I like to bicycle. She got training and training. She is now at competitive level for her wow. age group at about 200 pounds lighter than where she started and Amazing. she has kept it off and mm-hmm. with tremendous focus uh mm-hmm. and that has really worked with her now her training is i mean it's like she's dedicated to her training some you know most people it's cannot inspiring. maintain that level of performance especially mm-hmm. at that age but yeah you know i think uh, how old is she she's in her 60s oh yeah fabulous it's yeah. never too late yeah and linda you're only 40 so well, you can really turn it around so i right. i would recommend that you know, rather than me giving you a formula yeah. that you work with a, a trainer. qualified trainer yeah. who can assess your assets and liabilities. Mm-hmm. And because everybody's different. I mean, maybe you've got a big flexibility issue or maybe you've got, uh, you know, issues related to uh, upper body weakness or core weakness. And, yes. you know, that needs to be strengthened before you can go on to more uh, strenuous exercise. Right, right. Uh, you know, and, and so there, there's no rule of thumb. But, you know, if I were to say the, for the average person, I would go like, you know, 60% aerobic, 30% strength and yeah. maybe 10%, uh, you know, flexibility. But, Something like you that. know, when you do yoga, for example, mm-hmm. you do a lot of yoga. It, yoga is both uh, strength, strength and flexibility. Yeah. And to some extent, uh, it's a little aerobic. It is. Yeah. Oh, you're breathing. Yeah. You get into warrior two for three minutes. Yeah. Your thighs on, on fire. You yeah. have to 
breathe through that. <laughs> There's no other, you uh, have to breathe through I ha- that. I hate that feeling, yeah. yeah. Your arms are heavy and, you know. And you know. all of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, now, what, I want to dig a little deeper here. Yeah. She's 20 to 30 pounds overweight. She's 40. She has Hashimoto's. And she's she on the pre- autoimmune paleo diet. She's, and prepares 100% of her meals. I know she's not eating a whole lot of carbs unless she's making an autoimmune sweet potato pie and, and eating this every day or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Right. Linda, if you find, and, and this, is a, this is a scientific fact, 80% of weight loss is the diet. 80% of weight right. loss is the diet. You can't, no, you can't run away you can't from run a bad away. diet. Exactly. But she's on a good diet. Yes. It could be that if you're overdoing something like nuts, if you're eating a cup of nuts a day, it's almost like 1,100 calories. It's ridiculous. You may be going into the caloric stratosphere, number one. Number two, if you have Hashimoto's and you're taking thyroid replacement and you're you're watching what you're eating, you're exercising, and the pounds won't budge, mm-hmm. you need to take a closer look at your right. thyroid and the right dose. Right. Because so many people get discouraged sure. and they throw away the whole program and right. all they needed to do she was may be, go back to their endocrinologist. She may be metabolically blocked because yes. her thyroid is weak. Right. Uh, personal anecdote, you know, yeah. I don't want to divulge like vaccine set, but I will talk, you know, intimately about uh, experience I recently had. Okay. Which is, um, you know, there's this COVID-15 thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been really exercising a lot, uh, but I've been home a lot. Yeah. And home, you know, for instance, like right now, if I was home, I'd be like, mm, am I a little hungry? Yeah, I might go to the fridge and have a little, you know, something. Or I'd go to the cabinet. The fridge just, is right there. It's right there. You know, it's like, but I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the office. It's not appropriate to, you know, right. be, you know, snacking. Uh, and so what I was doing was uh, I had prepared great food. You know, I, I didn't go out hardly at all, but I had great food. I'm, you know, good chef. I prepare my own food, mm-hmm. you know, very carefully with great ingredients. Yeah, and uh, I I was having I, I believe that cocoa is a is a good thing you know all the benefits of cocoa and I and I like chocolate hot, hot cocoa no no <laughs> okay. chocolate chocolate eighty five percent chocolate oh that's the so real deal. so I was so I, I I realized that like I'm ordering a lot of chocolate you know I'm 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 going out to buy it or I order it online uh-huh. and I'm going through a lot of chocolate but I figured you know it's healthy it's good for you but then I realized. I'm probably going through about a bar a day. You know, I have a little, like a little after breakfast, you know, a little after lunch. And I'm at home, so I can do whatever I want. And a little after dinner. Just a little, you know, a couple of squares Mm -hmm. adds up to one bar. Mm. I looked at the caloric content of that bar. Wait, wait. I want to know, is is it one serving a bar? Or is there many servings in that bar? Oh, many servings. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that, but, you know, when you add up the bar, it's like, yes, you know, it's, yes. it's that, that, that uh, you know, fake thing where they say one serving is like only 160 calories. Right. But that's a quarter of a bar. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the bar is 560 calories. Oh, that's a meal. So that's, I, that's about a meal. So I just said, I'm going to cold turkey on, on chocolate. And yeah. it was tough. Yeah. Because... There's a sweetness, and it's not like there's no sugar and carbohydrates. It's delicious, but, it, but it's it's super nice. palatable, mm-hmm. and but it's a nice dessert. You know, it's like you have a little decaf and a little couple of squares of chocolate. Yeah. Um, so the net result of that is, I mean, part of the reason I do this is partly vanity, but also because I've got like uh, a wetsuit, and I've got like this, you know, these. You bike. want to be able to fit into that. <laughs> I, 
I really that sausage casing. Yeah, it is. It's it, it takes like ten minutes to put on. You right, know? right, right. I practically right. have to lube up to put it on, but it has to be it has to be skin tight to keep the water up. Sure. And then I've got the yeah. biking gear, you know, that is like aerodynamic and and it's kind of clingy and and elastic. And I'm thinking like I don't want to be like a overstuffed sausage in that stuff. And so I by doing that, yeah, the chocolate uh-huh. and you know, some extraneous carbs that I was having. Sure. Uh, seven pounds loss in about three weeks. There you go. That's what it took. And that's that a was a good rate And of that was on loss. a good diet. That was on, on a good diet. A, I was on a really superb yeah. diet. I wasn't eating, I wasn't eating candy. Right. I was, I was 85% chocolate. Yes. I wasn't eating pie. I wasn't eating donuts. I wasn't no. eating, you know. No. But I, the, the net result of that was that I. Exactly. I picked that up. And I think that. A lot of people are experiencing that. True, true. And especially if they were staying home and so forth as yeah. all of us were. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. So, Linda, there you go at your 40 years young age. It's fabulous. You're going to be just, you're going to be just fine. Oh, you could ha- undergo such a personal transformation. And I, I love the autoimmune paleo diet. But yes. uh, when you see somebody on the autoimmune paleo diet who is desirous of losing weight, you might make it a lower carb version of that Absolutely. because some things might be permitted and legal on that that are right. carby. Starchier vegetables, yeah. for example, yeah. would be. And maybe, you know, again, even on a low-carb diet, people find that in, instead of the potato chips they used to have on their bad diet, they're now eating right. too many nuts. And that was my example and of you the nuts can get earlier. paleo chips. They're utterly delicious. There's all you, kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. People are eating kale chips, like bags yeah. of them. Yeah. Okay, we have to kind of curb all of that kind of stuff too. Okay. We have a question. Let's see. This is so much sometimes referred to as minimally processed foods. Yes. They're minimally well, processed, but they're processed. But so they're better processed. to eat... Like the fresh spinach and the you know the the you know grass fed beef right. or or or, or uh, chicken or fish yes you know and you know a lot in a natural state not processed there's there's another thing too you know let me give France as an example they don't have snacks right their meal times are sacrosanct right right I'm still not a snacker though but it's not like I'm, I'm like I I really have good food yeah. discipline around not going to I, I, I don't, I don't, it's rare that I snack. I'm not mm-hmm. looking for, because I'll eat enough at a meal and if I didn't, I'll go back and finish it. But you have to really ask, you have to pay attention to your hunger cues. Are you actually hungry or are you bored? Bo- a lot yeah. of people were just playing bored. Looking for gratification. Home, right. Looking for gratification. And broccoli doesn't cut it. Of course it's going to be chocolate. Of course it's going to be some other thing. You but know? I think the most challenging, salad's not the most challenging thing is for me is the post meal thing, the post meal yeah. phase. Or I feel like a little something, a little something. And then I just say, okay, take a breather. Take five or ten minutes. Have some plain decaf for flavor and yes. just for, like, a taste. Right. And then it goes away. Mm-hmm. It goes away. Do something different. Because otherwise, it's like you you eating kindles that feedback thing. It does. You know? It does. And and you, you can actually extinguish it after a while. I think mm-hmm. after a few weeks of not having that special treat at the end of the meal... Um, I'm uh, having less of that. You, you know, go. the feeling is it's pretty Start profound. Swimming. It's like, yeah, oh, I feel hollowed out. But just what? I eat a big meal. You know, right, I, right, I shouldn't. Right, 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 right. It's a crave. But, but that's, I really, it's made me more empathic for people who mm. 
have trouble controlling our appetites sure. uh, because sure. it's a universal problem mm-hmm. and uh, the ubiquity of food choices that we have True. Uh, yeah. you know, we just we can't we simply can't run out of food. No, no, we, no. We, the other thing is the other thing is, and we have several patients in Overeaters Anonymous. There are certain foods that are triggers. Right, just gotta you know stay like, away. I mentioned I'm mentioning nuts for a third time. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of one specific patient who can't have nuts because it's that potato chip activity that one yep. at a time yep. up into the mouth. He can't do away with the canister. It's a trigger. It's almost like a gateway food that leads to a bigger binge. Right. Almost for that particular person. Mm-hmm. And even though nuts are healthy, right. But we all have to eat. I do. Right? We I all do. Have to I eat. do use some nuts as a dessert kind of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But you know, look. Yeah. I mean, the point is, uh, you, you know, do what you have to do to alleviate disease or to feel optimal. Yes. And um, yes. That was a little my project. I mean, right, I mean, right. There's not a lot going on, so like work on yourself. <laughs> That's it. Right? What will I do today? Okay. So. Okay, good point uh, at which to pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. So we'll give us a preview of what's happening in part two. Is Zoloft addicting? Is Zoloft addicting? Good question. Excellent question. Uh, we'll be back with the answer to that question plus more of your questions, radio program at AOL.com, the destination for your questions. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. We'll be right back.